0: You are listening to How Does She Do It, Episode Five. Welcome to the ride. Before we get into this week's Just My Thoughts, I just want to say thank you for again for listening. And if you have already left a review and rating in iTunes, I greatly appreciate it. If you haven't done so and you want to help me increase the exposure for the podcast, please go to iTunes and leave me a five-star rating and review. I greatly appreciate it. I just noticed this week that I'm in the new and noteworthy category. So if I get more ratings and reviews, that'll keep the exposure going and keep me um, you know, hopefully expanding the community that we have what we're building here so far um, if you have any topic suggestions feedback or questions you want me to answer on the show please email tiffany at how does she do it you can follow me on twitter how does underscore she do it you can also follow my other account tiff south on twitter the show notes for this episode will be available at how does she do it podcast slash five so let's get to the show This week's Just My Thoughts come from a article that I came across on Facebook today, actually. And it is, you know, Facebook has their little funky algorithms that, you know, Things that happened weeks ago are showing up in news feeds as though they were news yesterday. So, you know, whatever. But, um, and I was actually a little sad that I just found out about this, but there is a project by an organization called The Beautiful Project based out of North Carolina called Dear Black Girl. And apparently they were asking for black women to write letters to black girls, um, And they had like a deadline of October 7th, I believe it was. And they have started to now post online some of the letters that women have written in. And I read the article that I read was on um, about the project was on Upworthy. But the concept of and I've read some of the art, some of the some of the letters. And the idea behind the project is really to empower and help black girls know that they are beautiful and to give them and to give them perspective from black women who used to be black girls and the idea that and it ties in it's funny because how how it ties in well for what I wanted to talk about today which is about eating and you know body image and those kinds of things and pressure from society but I remember being a little dark-skinned Girl, wiry, armed, hair—you know, thick and full—and never really believing that I was beautiful, and and not owning, and we used to, and I used to want to stay out of the sun because I did not want my skin to get darker. And it's not because I people told didn't consciously tell me that dark skin wasn't beautiful, but my family—I was the darkest person in my family—and I always wondered why I was the dark one and why everyone. Else was lighter than me. And it was to see and to hear these women's, to read these women's stories and their messages to today's black girls. It just reminds me a lot of what I want to, I hope to try and do with my little sisters who are now, you know, not so little anymore, but even with my, um, you know, I'm, I'm a mentor with big brothers, big sisters now, and just how important it is for children to know that they are beautiful, to know that they are valued and to know that they are loved. Because when you are a child who does not know those things and believe those things, it's much more, it's much easier for you to grow up to be a woman who does not know those those things about yourself and so my just my thoughts are just shot out and just i'm grateful for this project and they their organization does a lot more they have a photography based um business and model around education and related to self-esteem and and building people up and mentorship um but both for young girls as well as college and high, high school and college educated um or college aged girls rather and i am grateful that projects like this exist i'm grateful for the i the idea that i can go i can watch you know a show on thursday night and see Viola Davis wearing a head tie in her in her room or watch. I watched Blackish the other day and saw um, the older sister tying up her little sister's hair as she went to bed at night and to see those things on television, to see black women of of all different shapes and sizes and colors and shades represented on television. again, And I'm focusing on television because that's where a lot of um, a lot of children are getting their images from. But to see us. Represented in a different way, and to see us represented in, in a, for who we are as different as beautiful in all the shapes and sizes that we come in, I'm very very grateful to be. Um, although this time is still very challenging, I am grateful to be a woman in this time to hopefully be able to empower and encourage younger women to believe in their beauty and to look and see what beauty looks like and what being black and being a strong black woman looks like. And it comes and it looks like so many different things. And I'm just grateful for that. And so those are just my thoughts for today. When I started How Does She Do It, and if you um, have listened to the show since the very first episode, I thank you again for your support. Um, But one of the things that I often think about is the intersection of the different things that matter as I go through my now, the beginning of my 30s. Um, for much of my life, I had essentially one thing and one identity that really drove a lot of the things that I did, and um, didn't really pay much attention to everything else that was going on. And so, you know, and I know that I've talked a lot about professional development, and those were kind of the things that were, I think, on my heart. And you know, as I started this podcast, but something that I want to take this episode is going to be about is is kind of the beginning of how this show will reflect other things that make us whole women and whole people so this is something that's very near and dear to my heart um and it's food because i if <laughs> most people who know me will probably be able to describe me somewhat as greedy because i just love good food um it can be american good food it can be jamaican good food which i have a special place for uh curry goat and stew um cupcakes cookies Candies, you know, like apple crumble during the fall, which is great because I'll probably make some this weekend. Um... And there are, I just love eating good food. I grew up, my grandmother was an amazing cook. She could turn anything into a delicious meal. My mother is also a very good cook. I come from a family of people and even my friends' families. Um, you know, I remember the first time I had jollof rice and my mind was blown. So I shout out to all the people in my life who let me eat at their mom's house and in their mom's kitchen because um, as people like to call me skinny, uh, I guess you could say I'm I'm thin, slim, athletically built however you describe it but my appetite doesn't reflect that so what I for the last several months I have been struggling with the idea of eating healthy and not even just the idea but the actual practice of trying to eat healthy and and I realized that um One of the reasons why it matters to me, so I remember leading up to 30, even back in my early, in my 20s, people always say after 30, things start to change. After 30, you know, things go downhill, blah, blah, blah. And I can't say that that is true yet. I haven't been 30 maybe long enough to really um, know, to know how true that is. But I do know that I have been very conscious of trying to be, be more deliberate about what I am putting into my body and i've been I've been kind of failing at it to be completely honest, and it's because I, so I've been trying to figure out why why is it so hard to eat healthy and so a couple maybe probably sometime in September, it was September, early September, um, one of my friends told me that she was going to start this whole 30 diet or cleanse. I'm not exactly sure you know, I think they characterize it as a cleanse. and so it involves this pretty restrictive eating habits so it's like no legumes which are beans which i had to make sure i knew what those actually were no wheat no sugar if it doesn't come from the sugar if it doesn't come from a fruit not even honey um no like just this there's a whole list of ingredients that you're supposed to stay away from there are also a list of ingredients that are okay and basically the idea is to Cleanse your body and to take to get yourself as close to eating only whole foods as much as possible. So, no pastas, no breads, no, um, you can have things like potatoes, but you can't have any processed bread or any processed pasta and those kinds of things. So, I started this diet and I had this, you know, these lofty goals for myself. Oh, I'm going to do this whole 30. And I went into it for a few different reasons. One, Because I had never done a sort of fast or cleanse or anything that was very restrictive. So I was like, oh, I'm going to be able to do this. So basically I was like, I'm going to be able to knock off two things off of my bucket list. Um, So, and I I don't even know if you can really call that a bucket list, but just things that I wanted to do. So... um, try to do this Whole30. I start, I start out really strong. I started by meal planning. I had these, you know, I started following the Instagram pages with the recipes and I went on the forums and I was like, you know, joining people and we were all encouraging each other. And by day like nine, I was pretty much over it. And I just... I stretched it out. I managed to make it to day 12, and I just didn't have the desire to do it anymore. And instead of pushing myself through, and you can, you know, it can, we can go back and forth about whether, you know, I punked out or whether I made a, you know, empowering decision to stop, but I just decided that I was not in the mood to force myself to do something I was no longer interested in doing because I just don't have to because I'm grown and I make my own decisions. So I stopped the the, the whole 30 wasn't especially happy, you know, I felt kind of bad. I felt like, a, you know, like I let myself down a little bit. But I enjoyed the porridge that I ate, and I ate a plate full of good food when it actually coincided pretty well with the um, with birth. Oh, this was back in August, now that I think about it. It was in September because it corresponded nicely to the birth of one of my friend's child. So I was able to celebrate by eating good food. And um, so what I decided was that I— wanted to I wanted to do a little like a little research into what exactly makes it kind of difficult to eat well. And one of the articles that I came across that said it's basically it's a guy named um, Tom Rath and he's a author and researcher who studies the role of human behavior in business, health, and well-being. And one of the things that he said was one of the problems with being on a diet that is that it's a temporary effort that it assumes an endpoint. So basically, if you think about, you know, when I think about trying to eat healthy, I really should be thinking about it in the long term, not something that's meant to last for this week or these couple days. Because in in reality, what I want to do for myself is transform my relationship with food such that I can kind of control my impulses better. But It is like when I want a cupcake, you know, is it bad that I want a cupcake? Is it bad that I try and eat the cupcake or should I now, you know, be or should I be so strong that I don't even want cupcakes anymore? And one of the what I've noticed is that as I've gotten more and more self-conscious about my eating habits, I've also been paying attention a lot more to these. I've been following. I spent a lot of time on Instagram. Um, judge me if you want to, but I like pictures. And I spend a lot of time following these diet accounts and these these you know um, really these women who are really into exercise and have these great bodies who are essentially competitive, like they're competitive athletes. And I am I'm inundating myself with these images of their life and then placing their measure of uh, whatever it is that they're doing onto myself. I don't see what happens outside of their 15 second videos. I don't see what their life is like outside of the pictures that they post on Instagram. And just like everyone else in this, or we all have the potential in this day and age to be, to fall victim and to compare ourselves based on the images that we consume. And so- one of the things that I am being trying to be more cognizant of, because I, I guess I was I was fa- I'm falling victim to something that I didn't even realize that was was happening, is that to be more deliberate about what you expose yourself to because and it's not to say that healthy eating is not something that's good to be exposed to that it's not it's you know not saying that it's bad to to aspire to be and to improve yourself in some ways but at the same time when it creates a sense of pressure or when you find yourself when you find yourself looking negatively upon the things that you do because you're comparing yourself so heavily to other people it is that's dangerous it's very risky it's risky for your self-esteem it's risky for your mental health and it's risky for your uh, your own actual your ability to even improve on the thing that the thing that you're criticizing the most about yourself so like i said i w- started the whole 30 journey and again this is not about whole 30 this is about general like the the challenges and the struggles that make things like that very difficult and what I did find that I did I did notice some benefits from doing the whole 30 actually I noticed a lot of benefits I was more I just felt I felt better I felt lighter I felt confident in my um in my ability to make decisions although I was hungry I felt hungry a lot I had to do a lot of snacking on like cashews and grapes and I, I ate a lot of fruit which was really really good for me um, but what I wanted to what I am am trying to do now is create something that I think is more sustainable and reasonable oh the other thing I mentioned for whole 30 or I didn't mention is that you can't drink any alcohol either I enjoy wine and I wanted to and it's like and it's not to me I enjoy wine I like rice I like to have cupcakes and so the idea of that kind of Eating is not very sustainable to me, and I'm not sure if there's a larger philosophy of the program that means, you know, eating like that more often. I know it's it's very similar to paleo eating, um, as some people have told me, but I'm not trying to eat like that all the time. And so what I realized is that I had to I have to figure out what. I need to do on a day-to-day basis to make better decisions about my, about eating. And I think this philosophy can be applied to a lot of different things and a lot of different habits that we have that might not be the best for us. For example, if you're someone who likes to shop and spend money that you probably don't need to be spending on, you know, jcrew.com or these other places, I I said J.Crew because I really love their clothes, Um, but If you know, then you have to be able to make at a decision point to be able to say, okay, this decision is not the decision that I need to be making right now. So, for example... When I go to lunch in the cafeteria at my job, they have these amazingly freshly baked every single day chocolate chip cookies. And they sit them right by the register, just like when you go to the grocery store and there's all the candy and chocolate right before you check out, because it's like, oh, look at this, it's right here. Let me just add this to my my conveyor belt of food and goodness. And I have to make the decision to walk past those cookies. And instead, maybe pick up a, a banana that's right on the other side of the cookies maybe i bring my own fruit with me to work so that i don't have to think about purchasing snacks and those kinds of things so one of the things that i'll be doing more frequently is try- is planning and bringing food with me to work because i spend you know as most of us do a lot of our times at work and so it's easy to pick up you know bad habits or to eat a bag of chips or things that you're not supposed to have when you're out and if you plan your meals which is something that I did notice and I really valued about when I was doing the whole 30 is that by planning my meals I took away an op, a lot of the opportunity points for me to go and make a decision that was not the best for my diet at that time I think another thing that I'll be doing is being more, is paying attention more to what goes, what's in the food. So the whole, the, this, this um, diet or the Whole30 had like a list of these, you know, ingredients that are not really good for you. And then they had a list of things that they were like, ah, these are not the best. We'd rather you not have them in your food at all, but these are better than some of these other things. And just reading the back of the ingredients of, of some of the things that we put into our bodies is a really good thing. Um, and so I think that that's something I'll be taking away as well. And I'll be I'm I'm trying to be more mindful of the idea that it's the smaller steps, not the bigger picture. One of the things that I read in in researching kind of why eating healthy is so hard is because we get so caught up, at least I know I do, in the long term. Like, I'm thinking about how I want to look when I'm 55 and after I have kids and all this kind of stuff. Instead of just thinking about right now and what changes can I make to create this larger, bigger picture of healthy eating. And I'm not going to... You know, deny myself the things that I enjoy, but I'm also not going to try and eat those things on a daily basis. For example, I can have I have so many for examples about me and eating because I'm greedy, like I said. So, there was a time where I was buying a pack, like of of Oreos, (laughs) almost weekly, and eating the Oreos in just a nice tall glass of milk, sitting and eating six oreos at a time seven oreos at a time and that was it was out of control it was out of control and i'm grateful that at least in large part it's not visibly so that i was eating all these oreos but i have to i have to decide don't bring oreos into the house anymore don't buy the toll house chocolate chip cookies and bring them into the house because what are you going to do you're going to eat them so it's those kinds of decisions that we have the power to make and it is easier for us to make those decisions than we give ourselves credit for. We agonize over the idea of, oh, woe is me. I'm not, I don't look like, you know, the girl that I follow on Instagram who has these great abs and all that kind of stuff. I'm not trying to look like her, number one. And number two, I have to do what's best for my own journey, for my own body. And I would encourage you to do the same. I think as women and as black women, We are inundated with images of what we should, could, how we like how we're supposed to look. The world has has been telling us for our entire lives what beauty looks like and. I am less inclined now than I have ever been to be swayed by what the world is telling me about myself and more driven by what I want for me and what is reasonable and makes sense for me. And I encourage you to do the same, because if we spend time thinking about and comparing ourselves by the standards of everyone else and things that other people that other people place on us then we will never chart our own path we will never l- define ourselves and live for ourselves if we're constantly comparing ourselves to other people and using other people's standards as the basis for which we build and 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 view ourselves and quite frankly I know what I'm looking for. Like I I start, like I I may have mentioned in one of the other episodes, I've been going to the gym on a much more consistent basis. And sometimes I and I I lift weights. I weight train. I do not like cardio. The treadmill makes me feel weird. Every time I get off, my legs feel like noodles and I'm like going to fall over. The stairmasters, I'm a little more, you know, I can deal with that a little bit better. But even going even something going to the gym, I go to the gym regularly and sometimes I still feel bad about not wanting to do something that I see other people doing because I feel like I should want to do it myself and that's not that why like why why do we do these things to ourselves so I encourage you to control what you observe and control what what you are what you what you view and that that may be having and making an impression on how you feel about yourself or how you feel like you should be living your life I would also encourage you to be mindful of the decisions that you make day to day, meal by meal. And again, I'm not a dietitian. I'm trying to figure this out too. So I'm not, you know, this is not necessarily a, um, guaranteed way that this is going to work. But I do feel better when I can say, okay, I know that at this time I'm gonna eat this thing, but next time I'm not gonna eat that thing. Or like on Friday, I'm gonna eat a slice of pizza, but on you know, on Saturday, because I ate a slice of pizza Friday, I'm not gonna eat something that I may have that I would have wanted to eat that's gonna be less healthy healthy for me. And again, these are small scale changes, but it's the smaller changes that lead to the bigger impact. And when you can when you break down the decision on a smaller scale and, and view them step by step. That's the way that we approach our goals. That's the way we should approach the things that we want to affect change for in our own lives. in doing the research one of the quotes that i came across says the dreams that you have are very different from the actions that will get you there so sometimes we have the this these big pictures of what we want and The there's a gap between the picture that we want and the steps that are going to take to get us there. And you have to create those steps for yourself. Sometimes it might not be this six-week plan that someone else laid out for you and, and told you how to do, or it might be the advice that somebody else gives you and says, well, here's something that worked for me. But you have to find out what works best for you. So in short, the things that I'm going to do for myself about around healthy eating and trying to create a more sustainable lifestyle um, related to, to healthier eating habits is making it a daily commitment, not thinking about the end of this you know, time period, because again, this is something that I want to be sustainable for the duration of the time that the Lord allows me to be on this earth. I want to start meal planning more. So instead of just winging it when I get home from work every day, spending my Sundays thinking about the other things. And this is, let me just say one thing about meal planning. So like I said, I spend I look I spend a lot of time on Instagram looking and Pinterest looking at these meal planning things and you'll see this person with this 20-foot table filled with Tupperware that has sweet potatoes and broccoli and bland looking chicken and more broccoli and fish cakes and these kinds of things. That's not what I'm talking about when I talk about meal planning. I'm th- talking about being deliberate about creating having an idea of what you're going to eat for the week and not necessarily cooking five day three you know five days worth of meals for three meals on one day but saying okay so for Monday and for lunch on Tuesday what do I want to eat? And so Sunday, I cook that. And then you prepare the other things that you're going to do. So if that means seasoning your meat or cutting up your vegetables or setting aside the things that you're going to need to help create, to help cook and prepare these meals as the week goes on, that's what I mean by meal planning. I'm not lining up Tupperware for, you know, for Monday through Sunday on, sun, you know, on the day before. Like I, I just can't. It overwhelms me. And, and those meals, sometimes they just be looking so whack and I'm not like... I'm not here for bland, pale looking chicken breasts in a plastic Tupperware container. So when I say meal plan, do something that make it about what you enjoy, not what you think other people think you should be eating and, you know, and be reasonable. So if you're trying to stay away from eating rice or eating those kinds of things, then maybe don't put meals that require rice in or try something like cauliflower rice. Cauliflower rice, by the way. Is kind of amazing, and it blew my mind at how easy it was to make and how actually, like really, really feeling and good that it was. So that's just another aside. Um, so yeah, the daily commitment, planning my meals, and leaving room to do and to have what I enjoy. So not treating, not depriving myself to the point that I'm like making myself crazy because I'm thinking about what I can't have, but making room into in the in my plan and in my diet, in my life for the things that I do enjoy within reason and being and moderating and being moderating, um, doing it in moderation. Um, Because when you, if you're going to deprive yourself and to the point where it's, you're just going to, at least maybe, maybe that's just me. Then you end up sliding back and eating six cupcakes instead of just the one that you really, really wanted because you, you denied yourself for so long. So Everything within moderation, I think. Be fair to yourself, be reasonable, and do what works for you. Seek, you know, advice from other people, seek information from, from other people, but at the end of the day, it's what you want for yourself and it's, what, it's the goals that you set for yourself that should drive your actions, not the vision or the images of what other people tell you you should want or you should try for yourself. Before I close out this week's episode, I just want to read another review from iTunes. This one comes from TXPA Gal. It says, simply put, amazing. This podcast is very insightful and well put together, suitable for just about anyone. Keep them coming. Thank you for your rating and your review. If you are not an iTunes listener, you can also leave me a rating and review in Stitcher, uh, as well as comments on SoundCloud or comments on the website directly, com. But I really appreciate your support. My TEDx is coming up later this week, and I'm, you know— Excited doesn't really explain the emotion that I feel, but I'm really looking forward to the event. And um, until next time, be blessed and be a blessing. Peace.